great time up in Nottingham. Um, we just didn't really want you to miss out. So if you, if you didn't get a chance to kind of plug into some of the live stream this week, um, there is some great stuff that you can find from that website, or you can search the video searches on YouTube as well. Um, and I just want to point out one particular talk. There was one uh, from a guy called John Mark Homer, um, who is a pastor over in the U.S., and he talks a lot about anxiety. Um, and so I just want to, you know, shout out for anyone who's, who's, who's done, we all suffer in different ways, and, and, and I just want to point you towards that talk because it's just really, really helpful. So if you have anything to do this week, rather than switching on Netflix one evening, rather than, you know, getting into the iPlayer or whatever else, why don't you really bless yourself um, by doing that, and, uh, and it will be really helpful for you. Um, that's looking back. We're also looking forward um, now to, to our upcoming series, which is Everyday Supernatural. Um, this is going to be starting at the end of the month, February the 23rd, um, and we've been talking about this for the last couple of weeks. Um, this is going to run across all our Sunday services for six weeks, um, as well as youth and young vineyard as well, um, and we're really, really excited um, about it. So to get the most out of the series, we'd just love you to be around on Sundays. Um, and we'd also encourage you to be part of a, an everyday supernatural small group. So alongside our, our regular small groups that are going to be running and doing these, using these materials, um, there are going to be 12 new groups in addition to that, people that have stepped up to host, um, and, and maybe more there's still room to host small groups as well. Um, and they'll be in a variety of places, different times during the weekend. We've got a great family group running um, on, on Saturday morning as well. Um, and so, you know, there should be a group for every one of us to be a part of that during the season. Um, so the simplest way to connect to the group is, is to go either to, um, you can get out your phones now if you want, I'll check, that's what you're up to. Um, so visit um, riversidejunior.com slash everyday. You can find um, all the groups there. You can just click on the join button there. Um, or you can go to the Everyday Supernatural point at the back um, and there'll be a team around helping you to connect um, with a group there. Now, now, alongside that series, I just want to point you towards uh, Mike Lovacci's book. So, Mike Lovacci um, and Andy Cross from Soul Survivor have written this just excellent, excellent book. It's a really good read. Um, I've read that. I've read it through a couple of times now. It's just really incredibly helpful. Um, and we um, are just, you know, just encouraging you if you want to read that alongside the series. We've even produced these little bookmarks with a reading guide that you can pick up for yourself there. Um, but the books um, do have a cost and they're nine pounds at the back there. So it's just really, really helpful for you. So go and um, you know, go to the book desk at the back there at the end of the service and you will be blessed by that message. Wonderful. So um, just before Christmas, um, myself and my family, um, and as well as many other people, went to watch the latest Star Wars movie. Has anyone watched that movie? Okay, yeah, just five of us. Um, now, for the rest of you that haven't watched it, um, I'm not going to give you any spoilers, but clearly you're not that interested anyway, so <laughs> it doesn't really matter. Um, all I'm going to say is it's just, you know, it's a great movie, but it, it doesn't end well for Frodo Baggins, so um, that's a, a little shout-out to all the uh, sci-fi and uh, fantasy <laughs> digging at you. Um, so um, I just want you to picture the scene. I don't know if you've ever found yourself in a cinema uh, before you may well have done that. But um, now, before the trailers have begun and um, you're trying to get yourself comfortable, you're trying to work out where your seat or your coat's going to go, what, where you're going to put your keys and your phone and all these different things, you're trying to sort yourself out. 
Um, and then you're sorting out your own snacks and drinks, but actually more than anything else, you can hear everybody else's snacks and drinks. Um, you know, the crunch of popcorn, the rustle of, uh, you know, popcorn kind of falling across the floor, phones lighting up the room, people chatting and laughing. And then those double, double doors, they make so much noise, don't they? Every time someone comes in the cinema and then goes out again. I mean, why do people go out of the cinema when they just walk in? But anyway, and I'm just sitting there waiting for the curtains to go back a little bit further. You know, that certificate to kind of pop up on the screen. Um, and I'm just hoping more than anything that people are going to pipe down a little bit and be quiet and flip their phones off so I can watch the movie that I paid good money to watch. But you know, as the film begins, and, and I don't know if you've experienced this, um, but I begin to find myself like completely engrossed um, to the point of being largely unaware of anything else that's going on. I can't hear that crunching of popcorn anymore because the only thing that really matters to me now is the story that's unfolding in front of my eyes. And then before I know it, two, a whole two hours of my life has passed me by. I've become lost in the story in the, some of the questionable acting and, and indeed the special effects as well. And I need to come to terms with the fact that my life is not taking place in a galaxy far, far away, but just a little bit to the west of London. And, and real life has to resume. And it always seems to get dark by the, by the time you leave the cinema, doesn't it? But anyway, so maybe you've experienced something similar. Um, you know, perhaps you've become engrossed in um, an excellent novel or... You know, when you listen to some of your favorite music, when you've eaten some incredible food or, or just taken a photo of it for Instagram, or when you, you know, perhaps you visit an ancient cathedral or you take a walk around an art gallery and you're just blown away and immersed in something um, that's beyond yourself. You know, I, I think we all have this inbuilt connection with creativity, with movies, art, music, and so on, because we are all made in the image of a creative creator. And this morning we're going to be looking at how we can become creatively alive as we, as we continue our series entitled Coming Alive. You know, really living the abundant life that we were created for. Jesus says, and it's recorded in John 10 verse 10, that the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Now, you may not know the truth of that for yourself. You may not yet call yourself a Christian. You may have been following Jesus for many, many years. But whoever you are, this hope that I share is helpful to you this morning. Now, today we're going to read from the book of Exodus. And, 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 and the book of Exodus dates back over three and a half thousand years ago. And just to set the scene a little bit before we read the passage, um, the people of Israel have been in captivity in Egypt for over 400 years before they had this dramatic escape across the parting Red Sea. But then they spent 40 years going round and round and round and round the desert. And in that time, God gave them the Ten Commandments and, and other frameworks to live their lives by, but continually they disobeyed them. And we're going to pick up the story in Exodus 31. So if you do have Bibles, um, or devices with you, now's a good time uh, to, to get them out. And I'm going to start reading um, from verse 1. Now, 
see, I have chosen Bezalel, son of Uri, the, the son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah. And I have filled him with the Spirit of God, with wisdom, with understanding, with knowledge, and with all kinds of skill. To make artistic designs for work in gold, silver, and bronze. To cut and set stones, to work in wood, and to engage in all kinds of crafts. Moreover, I have appointed Aholiab, son of Ahithamach, of the tribe of Dan, Dan to the Edom, to help, to help them. Also, I've given ability to all the skilled workers to make everything I have commanded you. The tent of meeting, the ark of the covenant law with the atonement cover on it, and all the other furnishings of the tent. The table and its articles, the pure gold lampstand and all its accessories. The altar of incense, the altar of burnt offerings, and all its utensils, the basin with its bell, and also the woven garments, both the sacred garments for Aaron the priest and the garments for his sons when they serve as priests, and the anointing oil and the sacred incense for the holy place. They are to make them just as I commanded you. Now let me pray for us just as we, um, as we explore this text together. Yeah, Lord, I thank you so much for your word, for the Bible. You know, even though these words were written three and a half thousand years ago, they still speak so much to us today. Lord, I want to pray that you would um, yeah, just help us to see the things that you want to see and hear the things that you want us to hear this morning. I pray that in the name of Jesus. Amen. I don't know if you've, if you've, you're aware of this, but we, we see creativity from the very first pages of the Bible. We go all the way back to Genesis, we see God creating the world and creating the universe. And then in Genesis 1.27, we're told that God created mankind in his image. He created each one of us. The one who created the world, who created the universe, the seas, the mountains, every animal. He created you and me in his own image. Isn't that remarkable? And I believe that this means that each of us are created to be creative. Now, before we go any further, I reckon there might be a few of us in the room right now who might use this moment to switch off. The kind of people who might say, I don't have a creative moment in my body. Is anyone, anyone at all? You know, maybe a couple of us yet. Well, I'm with you. If you've seen any of my drawings, you will know that I am with you. But, I believe that it's not just musicians, artists, designers, and poets who have the monopoly on creativity. You see, creativity can be found in all sorts of places, from decorating, to building, from writing, to customer service. I mean, hopefully less so in accounting, but still. You know, each one of us has been made in the image of the, the greatest creator of all. The one who flung stars into space created every living being. It's part of who each of us are, whether we want to admit to it or not. And I believe creativity is so important if we want to live a life that allows us to become fully alive in the way that Jesus calls us. The creativity is, is an amazing thing, you know. It actually helps us to unlock a different part of our brain. 
know, studies show that when we use this part of our brain, it can help us to see things from a different perspective. It helps us to be better prepared to live and to deal with uncertainty. And don't we need that right now in the world that we live in? And it even helps us to solve problems. There was a study done back in 1968 by a guy called George Lamb. Um, and he did this piece of research tracking creativity in children as they grew up. And, and there's, a, there's a TED talk by him if you want to go and find that online. It's really, really interesting. Because what he did, did was he used um, this very same test that he used to help select innovative scientists and engineers at NASA. NASA sent people into space. And he tested 1,600 children at the age of 5 and then 10 and then 15 using that same test. And the test was designed to present a problem and ask the participants to come up with a creative solution. And remarkably, the proportion of children who scored genius level at the age of five was 98%. This is not just good, this is genius level, okay? So we know where the clever ones are around here, they're up in the kids' room. By age 10, By age 15, that had gone down to just 12%. Whereas typical adults, and from over 280,000 participants, only 2% achieved the level of genius. Now, we can draw all sorts of conclusions from tests like that, and maybe I shouldn't go into more now, but it would seem that as we grow up, creativity is effectively shortchanged with us. You know, if you try and pick up a, an instrument to try and learn, a, you know, at my age, it's almost impossible, you know, or at least we think it is. It's so much harder to learn new things as we get older. Now, there's two different types of thinking that lead to creativity. The first of those is divergent thinking, and that's where we let our brains run wild, you know, coming up with new ideas, and, and kids can be so good at that because it all happens subconsciously. The second type of thinking is convergent thinking. And this is where we analyze, we evaluate, and we respond in order that we consciously move forward with this set of ideas. And both of these kinds of thinking are really important, but we rarely take the time to do each of them in turn. You know, kids at school will be asked to do both of those, but often at the same time, and that is pretty much impossible. But the reality is, if we only ever live in a place of convergent thinking, where we never let our subconscious brain run wild with ideas, we will always limit our creativity. And with children and with adults, it's important we find space and time to do so, in order to come alive in that space to our creativity and what we have been placed on for our lives. Now, in the passage we've just read, we see that creativity looks fully alive in the life of Bezalel. So here, here we've got this guy, Bezalel, who was given two tasks. He had the role of, of chief artisan of the tabernacle, the place of worship, the earthly dwelling place for God, the complete focus of their worship. And his task was to take God's designs and bring them to life. But he was also in charge of building the Ark of the Covenant, and this contained the Ten Commandments. Such a huge task, a scary job, but hopefully quite a clever guy. You know, we don't know a lot about him. 
other than he was highly gifted and a very creative man, he was able to work with all kinds of materials all day long. And he was also able to effectively lead a team of teams to carry out the difficult and important things of God. So what can we learn from, from the life of Bezalel? What can we learn from this passage and perhaps also from our own experiences that might allow us to become more creatively wise and disciplined? Verse 3 says this. It says, I have filled him, that is Bezalel, with the Spirit of God. See, creativity starts by spending time with and being filled with the Spirit of God. And this actually points right back to the very beginning. We're going back to Genesis again. We read in Genesis 1 verse 2 that the Spirit of God hovered over the water. I love that image. And the word used in Genesis for Spirit is the Hebrew word ruach. And it's the same word that is used here. Bezalel is described as being filled with the ruach of God. You see, if we want to see creativity released in our own lives, our own community, we need to see the Holy Spirit, the Ruach of God at work, releasing His divine power into us and unlocking the abilities that He is already placing in us. You see, every good thing starts in God's heart. And if you've been around here more than a week or so, you might have heard that before. It's always the case. It's always the case. We need to practice regular time in His presence, not just on Sundays, but throughout our week. Right now, um, one of the things I'm doing each morning with Kathy, my wife, is we're using a DAP term called Lectio 365, and it's by um, 24-7 Prayer, um, and they're using Gifwork's prayer model, which we've you know, um, used before, the P-R-A-Y. And it works a little bit like this. So each morning we start by pausing to be still, to breathe slowly, and to recenter ourselves upon the presence of God, being aware that He is there as we start our day together. And then I rejoice, we rejoice together as we read a psalm, and then reflect on a passage from the Bible, and then I ask God to help me as I go into the day, and finally yield to God's will, to say yes in advance to whatever he has for me that day. That's where I start my day. I just really encourage you, if, you've not, if you're struggling to find something to help you engage with Scripture, to help you engage with, um, with the presence of God as you start your day, it would be really helpful little tool that I've been using over the last couple of months. And, you know, I'm, by the end of the day, I'm trying to end by using the phrase examine. Examine is an ancient practice. I find it incredibly helpful. You know, thinking about where I've noticed God's presence as I reflect on the day that has gone past. Prayerfully being grateful for the day that has passed. And asking for forgiveness for what I've done wrong. And moving on as I close out my day. You see, spending time in God's presence is vital if we want to see creativity released into our lives. If we want to live lives that can be filled. What else do we see in this passage about creativity? Bezalel puts into practice the skills and abilities and the knowledge that he has been given. And it's so important that we do the same. You see, all creativity is God-inspired. So whether it be an incredible painting or work of art, 
Maybe it's a song that you've listened to that's inspired you. It doesn't even have to be something that's just written by someone who knows God, but it's just come out of your life. Or maybe you've seen an incredible piece of woodwork or a creative plumbing solution, and we've had a few of those over the last couple of weeks right here. You see, all creativity comes from a place of being inspired by the Spirit of God. Bezalel used his God-given skills, knowledge, and abilities to help others draw near to God, draw a whole nation to worship him, using the creative talents and skills that he had given. Now in the passage we read, there's an incredibly detailed description of both the skills and creativity and the work that was to be done, of the incredible attention to detail, of the skill that was required, something he so far beyond most of us, and the hard work needed to make these useful things. Do you know what God-given skills, abilities, and knowledge God has placed inside you? Now, each of us has different skills and different abilities in different areas. You know, I might not be as saved as done by talking in front of a couple of hundred people. But present me with a wall that needs plastering or a set of accounts that needs reconciling, and that's when I will freak out. Hopefully, some of you might feel the opposite way. Because we all have different God-given skills. Now, if we jump back to Genesis again, Genesis 1, 27-28, each of us has something of God's presence in us. We read um, in verse 27, so God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. God tells us to be fruitful and increase in number. Or as it says in another translation, go forth and multiply. Now this obviously relates to babies, but it's also about so much more than that. In talking about this passage um, with a guy called Adam Russell, he's a vineyard pastor over in the US, he says that we are designed to be producers and not just consumers. If we only ever consume, we will ultimately live the kind of life that Jesus warns us about in John 10. A life where the fruit comes from fear and the Spirit. But the abundant life, where we fully come alive, is a life where we produce. Where we use our God-given skills and abilities to produce, to go forth, and to multiply. If we are to live life to the full, it has to be a life that produces fruit. Each of us, our lives, must produce fruit. If we're music- musicians, we need to practice on our own and with others. We need to try things out and practice, practice, practice some more. If we're woodworkers, we need to start carving wood and we need to practice and keep on going. Practice, practice some more. If we're preachers, if we're lovers of His Word, we need to share that in small groups. We need to spend time on our own in God's presence. We need to love the Bible to keep God's presence and to practice, practice, practice. And if we're builders, we need to learn a craft. We need to keep going when we're laying bricks out in the cold, wet January when 
all we want to do is have an Artemisia feast and have sacrifice to the gods. This battle feels like hard work, but it is. You know, we don't get good at some things by not practicing. Now, a number of years ago now, I bought a basic guitar. I bought an amp, and I bought a little book to help teach me how to play that guitar because it was a little bit before YouTube and all that. And I had this picture in my head of what I could become, of how great I could be, smoke coming onto the stage, maybe playing in a worship band, I don't know, or, or being in a band like Mr. Learn More Than Four Chords. But, yeah, that's a little deal. Our, our worship teams are amazing and they know more than four chords than that. But have you ever seen me play bass on a Sunday morning? You know, do you want to know why? Because I never put in the hard work. My discipline was severely lacking. If I got in at the end of the day, I could have easily chosen to pick up my, my bass guitar. But I chose to do almost anything else instead. You might think that's a shame. Maybe it is. But I, I'll be honest with you, I think it probably is lacking to some degree. But I didn't persevere. But that guitar spent an awful long time living underneath my bed. Right? Gathering dust rather than being picked up and played, doing what it was meant to be. And I don't know whether I should share this with you, but I had this horrible recurring dream um, that I'm standing on stage with a bass guitar around, hanging around my neck. And I still don't know how to play, but somehow I've been asked to play. And, yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah. if anyone interprets dreams here, come and have a chat with me afterwards, but I don't think it's good. Um, you know, each one of us has God-given skills and abilities. So please don't do what I did and leave your skills and abilities lying underneath your bed like I did with that bass guitar. Practice, work hard. This will require discipline, the kind of discipline I was severely lacking. And that might not sound very attractive, but, you know, actually, as we practice, as we do more, that actually we get to reap that God-given potential and we get to
get the feeling that you're free right now, that everybody is. It doesn't matter where you are or what you do, God wants to give us. God can use your creativity. And that is the kind of spirit that God is. Verse 6 says this. Moreover, I have appointed Apollyab, got it right this time, son of, I'm not going to get it right this time, Ahithamach of the tribe of Dan to help. Also, I have given ability to all the skilled workers to make everything I have commanded you. You see, Bezalel was clearly a talented guy. We see all the things that he was able to do, but he couldn't do it all on his own. He needed people around him to work with him and, I'm sure, to get the best out of him too. Now, over the last couple of years at Riverside, we've started a songwriting small group, um, and so we've been writing a whole bunch of songs. And it's so exciting to see new songs that are birthed out in this community. But why, why would we do that? You know, something they just about community, about these you know, creative people coming together, and that's a cool thing. But we want to tell the story of what we see God doing amongst us here in this community. And we also want to tap into the, the abilities and the skills that God has placed inside us. And also, if you look back over the history of the church, if you look back and see there where the Holy Spirit has moved in power, where you see an amazing change, every move of the Holy Spirit in the history of the church has included fresh creativity and music and worship. And it's so important that we tap into that today. We want to see an amazing change happen. We want, therefore, to see a culture where creativity is encouraged where we get to try things out, where it's okay to make mistakes, and where it's okay to celebrate what we have doing. And I think it's so important that we start from where we are now. You know, we move on to the thing that is right in front of us. Adam Russell, the pastor I mentioned um, a couple of minutes ago, he said, what you long for God to do will never happen until you do what is within your reach right now. I'm going to repeat that. What you long for God to do will never happen until you do what is within your reach right now. So we'll continue to try things out. You'll probably hear songs that aren't familiar. If they fit on Sunday, that's great. If not, they are six other days in the week. Because we don't just need songs for Sunday mornings and Sunday evenings. We need songs to reach into the world. We need songs for Saturday nights and Friday nights and Monday mornings and whomever more. We want to create space for creativity, a community where creativity blooms and it blossoms from everything that God wants to create here. And if you want to be a part of that, I just encourage you, perhaps to ask, perhaps to tap if you, if you know that something is stirring inside you and you may have something you want to, um, want to try out. I'm going to come into land now, but I want to close by saying that we all have a part to play. You might not see yourself as a creative person, but I want to believe that God has placed creativity inside you because He has made you in His own image. But for those, particularly calling for those kind of areas, I know that with, with creative people, they need a culture where they are loved and supported and encouraged where you hear a new song and you, and you, you just acknowledge that and applaud that. 
most important we encourage each other in that. We want to see a culture where new songs rise up, where artwork is cultivated and creativity is renewed, where those who live in creative spaces are loved and supported, even if they're going through a hard time and struggling to believe that they're bringing anything at all. And some, so often with these creative types, they, they go through highs and they go through lows, and we want to be there for them in the highs and the lows. Thank you.